Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge, a special Friday episode. I'm super excited to have Amaryllis Henderson back on the show. I think this is episode 217 or 218. She was on the show back in April talking, it was the first ever um, sketch noting series. It was a series that I had done and now it, it went over so well and we had so much to talk about that wasn't necessarily sketch noting. So I had her back on and I'm so excited. So one of the things we ended with last time Amaryllis was you, you have taught Skillshare classes, which that's how I found you because you taught me how to make cute faces and faces mm -hmm. that looks like a lot of real, more real than just these orbs yeah. that I was doing. Okay. And, um, and then you went, you had, you've been represented by other people, other artist reps, and then you kind of went on your own and now you've been doing that. And that's kind of what we we're going to talk about. Cause you did your first, I maybe is it, was it your yeah, first ever first, trade show? Yeah. First surface design trade show. Yes. So surface design, meaning explain that to us. I think I know what that is, but let it, why don't you explain it? Sure. I've been explaining it a lot to my friends because they're like, what did you go to? Was it like a big craft fair? And I went to a trade show that's for uh, basically it's, surface design is art that goes on stuff. And so uh, companies, uh, the people that walk through are, are companies that uh, sell different products and they are looking for to purchase rights permission to use an, a piece of artwork for an amount of time for a specific area, uh, for a specific use, uh, for their, their business. So, so what do you mean specific area? Cause I get use, like yeah. it's for, um, right. Stationary, right. upholstery or bedding or, you know, yeah. Any of those markets. So yeah, when I talk about art licensing, well, licensing is basically that permission, that permission to use the art. And it breaks down into three areas that you need to kind of, in order to, to quote out how much it would be or just what, what we're talking here. And one is that category, one is that um, term for how long, and uh, the area. So it could be for North America, it could be for uh. the world, or it could be for one country. So one image uh, would, a license for one image would be less, less expensive than for one that would be worldwide. So usage could be like, it's going to be on sheets and comforters right. and plates. Those right. would be three different surface. I mean, sheets and comforters sort of makes more sense to be as a unit. But mm -hmm. again, you would, so how, how do you know how to, I mean, we are not even going on the questions yet, but how do you even <laughs> know? And just so you know, for anybody who's new, if you put a question in the chat or you hit the Q and A, I will, I, we will get that question answered for sure. I will put your questions above my questions. So, and Fabio, I'm wearing your shirt today. So, um, <laughs> all right. And he just came in. So I just wanted to say, Hey, um, so how do you know and how, cause kind of tell us a little bit of your background and when you started doing this, because I think this mm -hmm. is something that a lot of people would like to do. And they think they kind of think, Oh, it'll just be me and I'll be able to play with my kids all day and then just paint a little. Right. But that is right. not how it is. You have to really work this. So take yeah. us kind of from the first to the, where you are now. So I have always painted right I'm that I'm that girl that um, was always doodling in her sketchbook. And I always thought, well, you know, I do pretty drawings, so somebody's gonna want them, right. And so um, I, I did that a bit. And I do still have my Etsy shop. And that's basically, hey, 
I did something, you like it, you buy it, right? But how do you get to the place where your clients are companies and businesses and making their own money and uh, not just individual customers? It's, ooh, boy, this is a lot to chew off of. Let me go back to my story. So <laughs> I discovered art licensing um, I, I, after, well after college. I went to Savannah College of Art and Design and I majored in illustration. So I had an understanding about um, you contact clients, you tell them, hey, can we set aside some time? You do all this cold calling, you send them emails, you uh, send them uh, printouts, uh, you try to meet in person if possible, and you basically just want to get your portfolio in their faces and let them say yay or nay or we'll keep in touch. And I did that a bit for editorial illustration, book illustration, but with surface design, what interested me about it as I started to kind of hear the buzz through, gosh, I can't even think that far, how, how I first heard about it, but um, say Instagram from Periscope, from uh, blogs, uh, that, uh, that this was a thing. I, I, I loved that it was, it just looked fun and, and I, I guess I don't feel like I always need to say something with what I paint. I just, I just want to relish in what looks awesome and would look great on something tangible. And so I started looking around and there are uh, great, one blog that I, I really have gained a lot from is Joan Berenger's blog and I think I mentioned it before. And, and she, she is just very generous with her information. There are even lists of, of companies that license art in home decor and greeting, stationery and things like that and you can just contact them. Uh, one of her lists was for uh, agencies. And that's actually how I found the agency that I was with. So it was a, in a long list of agencies and I took, I don't know how many hours of hitting each link and checking them out and seeing if I felt like I fit in, if I wanted to be a part of that group. And, and then I kind of categorized them into my top and worked there down, uh, emailing and sending out my work. Go ahead. I have a question. So how do you know you fit in? Was that like mm. you were offering something that they didn't have or they were offering things that were similar to what you were doing? That's a great question because I, I felt that rub, right? Because I, I look at a website and I think they don't have anything that's like mine, but maybe that's why I should be with them, right? Well, it kind of has to, I, I like to use the word pivot. So, you know, this is where I'm at. Let me just pivot 45 degrees would it go with this? Would, would this particular piece, whatever's on my desk right now, whatever I'm really excited about, would that go on this website? And would it be something that complements and not just drown out either? Mostly I was looking for quality of work because there are a lot of mm -hmm. licensing agencies that are happy to represent you because they have nothing to lose really. Uh, but I wanted to be with agencies that um, I felt I could be proud to be a part of. And, uh, and through that, a couple of agents uh, kindly declined. They only had about seven artists, which I thought was great. Just a lot of one-on-one -on -one, uh, time. But they, they offered some insight and they said, you have great work, let's see it on some products. Mm. And let's see some examples that are this and that. Like we, we market to what can I use this for? I have a specific need. 
And if your work is just pretty and it's not meshing with that specific need, it's just, you know, it's not useful to them. So I was like, thank you. And I went to, to Photoshop and I started playing around with uh, what could go with what. And I did start to kind of gain an eye for, I really like this piece and it looks terrible on stuff, right? Mm. Because it, it's maybe, um, not to say that this, this can't be done, but it was a portrait, right? And so how often do you drink out of a mug that has a portrait on it? Not right. often, unless it's someone famous or unless it's done in a certain way. Uh, there are artists who establish their style as this is what I do. And there's always, you know, a girl or a bird or something. Right. And, and it's maybe very different and, and they break through and that's awesome. Um, but I understand that that's not the mainstream way to have a career. <laughs> so you have to be somewhat trend based. And, and through that, then um, I did, land an agent and I was with them for three years. And so my work did go to these trade shows. And every time, you know, that time came around, I would think, Oh, maybe I'll go to and just experience it and, and, and be at the show. Uh, but it never happened until I think it had to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. When, um, when we were going to go to see Surtex ourselves, my husband and I, uh, and make a little vacation out of it. And then I just had to, with his permission, pull the trigger and actually do the show. So does that take you yes. back enough to know? I, I think so. So we had a couple questions in the chat. One was, when did you graduate from SCAD? Because uh, Catherine, who also, I think Catherine studied illustration, and uh -huh. Chris, Krishna, who uh, who's in New Jersey, Hoboken, she also studied illustration at SCAD. Cool. 2004. 2004. Okay. Well, there's that one question. So Andre, he lives in Portugal. And I love that mm -hmm. he comes. So thanks, Andre. He's also an illustrator, great illustrator. Yeah. Um, he was on here last time. Yeah, yeah. So he asked, he said there were, he had no idea that there were things, license, licensing agencies. Yes. And I so am, oh, go you ahead. Have, I, you have art agencies, if we're just talking illustration, because then, you know, we can go into fine art. But right. um, with illustration, when you say art, um, agency it's it's a smaller it tends to be a smaller group of artists uh not very many are seven like i said uh three dozen is kind of a norm for uh those agents and then art licensing agencies and they tend to have many 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 artists hundreds even and they include photographers too uh, maybe their focus is in they 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 actually don't have a focus because they have they span so much and they have several agents that work for that art licensing agency, and one is specialized in books and one is specialized in uh, home decor, and then they draw from the wealth of artists that they have and say send me your new stuff and then they send it out to their people, or just put it up on their website and and hope for awesome traffic. So. You, um, when you go to, when you were just planning on doing Surtech as uh, just going and walking because I think yeah. that you had um, not broken up with your agent, but you had let them go. You'd let that stuff lapse or whatever because yep. you were able to kind of understand at least through um, just trial and error maybe mm -hmm. or through the industry you'd had enough um, mm -hmm. interest or whatever time mm -hmm. in that you were able to 
you wanted to kind of make some connections on your own. So some yeah. of those people that were maybe licensing agents that had maybe 36 um, artists that they were mm -hmm. representing, they would be at the show maybe in right. a bigger booth. Right. And then there might be, and I don't know who else would really be at the show. Mm -hmm. uh, collectives, that would be a group of artists that, that decide to, to pitch in mm -hmm. for a booth. Uh, you know, exhibiting at a trade show is expensive. So I, I went with the smallest setup and it, it suited me great. I decided two months in advance, which is really nothing in the planning world. Uh, I had my banners printed and had my books printed and, you know, was figuring out a lot of things in those eight weeks. Uh, and in that small booth, which I nicely call lemonade stand, I don't mean to <laughs> be mean, but my little lemonade stand, um, that was $2,700 to show at the show. And of course that doesn't include uh, travel and lodging and all that kind of stuff. So uh, to have a, a standard uh, small booth that's eight feet by 10 feet is almost $6,000 I wanna say. Wow. Uh, 5,600 maybe. And, and then you add on to that, you could do two, put those together and have a 16 by 10, have a corner spot, you know, all those things but can be added on. <laughs> that's just the space. They might that's provide you space. a table or no table. It's just the space. You have to do everything else. It's, uh, yeah, you have uh, some walls, a podium, or kind of a table space, yeah, and then one to two chairs, depending on which model you choose. Right. And and then it's, it's just plain white. So you come in with your backdrops and your work and um, – yeah, everything else. And that stuff's pretty, can can be pretty expensive getting yeah. it printed. I mean, you're talking, you said $2,700 and then mm -hmm. all the promos. So you made these blur books, which yes. were, I think, a, a great way for you to show. And you had three of them printed, right? Right, right. So, which was a little bit of overkill, but um, I enjoyed it. So well, sometimes it's nice to have, I, I guess some people just have stuff on the computer. You had yes. your computer also for anything that wasn't in the book, but mm -hmm. it is nice to see it printed because again, you can kind of see how it's going to be printed. It gives you, instead mm -hmm. of it just being colors mm -hmm. um, on a screen, it now becomes printed, mm -hmm. right? It, mm -hmm. More realistic for them. So my biggest fear was, you know, I'm investing all this in doing this show I'm trying to not see it as a, you know, ROI return on investment because I wasn't really planning on doing this. You know, this is like a very expensive learning experience for me. I was really trying to uh, see it that way. But my fear was that, yeah, people would walk by and not, and have a need that I could meet and not know it. So that's why I really wanted to have things visually out there. Uh, I believe in being too much. And then letting them decide. I, I really wanted them to have the opportunity to decide. And I felt like if I had things on an iPad, on a laptop, then they would have to initiate, ask questions, and then we can see some work. So I had uh, these three books just sitting out. Actually, they were, they were stacked up nicely, which is how I designed them to be, uh, so that you could see the headers. And, and they were kind of like hot button things that people um, my clients are looking for. So, so Christmas, Christmas, everyday patterns, and then you had lettering and, and patterns, right? Yes. 
Right. Everyday designs. And these are, these are words I came up with. They're not necessarily standard words, but Christmas is a holiday is, you know, 50% of our licensing deals. So I definitely wanted to show I can do this. I have this. Check it out. Yeah. So these I were, made, somebody, that was the uh, first one. That was, that was a given. I was like, I'm going to do Christmas. Done. Krishna is asking, um, and I'm pretty sure there, you print them on blurb or something yes. like that. And they blurb. are hard bound. Yes. And, and they're 12 by 12, I believe. Right, right. right. Can so, you just show us a spread so that she can kind of get an idea? So it wasn't like maybe yeah. one image, but you had multiple images on um, one of some of the spreads, right? Right. Depending on the design. I mean, sometimes I would do just one image in the spread. And right. if something uh, worked well as a series and I wanted to show uh, several on a page, uh, it, in my uh, Skillshare class, Make It Fun, Make It Sell, I talk about the importance of having things in kind of a series. It really just helps ground, ground an image, even if it's just, let's say, one main thing and, and other things are just details and not really that um, important, but just complementary. It really helps uh, the viewer kind of gain an understanding of, okay, I get this. I get what, what's going on here and not just, oh, that's pretty. Let's move on. And also, when you have a variety of takes on the same thing, then people have choices. They know that they want coffee, but maybe not this one, maybe a little more like that one. And it, you really, at these shows, what you want is talking points. So, of course, the ultimate goal is to have something that someone just falls in love with and says, I want that, and I'm going to sign a contract right here and there. You know, that that's great. But, um, but really, more than anything, you want to engage them. You want to show them what you can do. People don't know what you can do until you show them. So I, I, I would lay out these books. Um, I learned uh, that, I mean, they were, they were actually my biggest asset, I think. I did have, you know, the backdrop banners, and there was one that's really memorable because it had uh, typography, which was a huge hit. Um, and we can talk about that later. But these books were such an asset because even if they weren't interested, because <laughs> that happens, you know, with a laptop, it's like, yeah, I'm done. But with a book, you just, you feel almost committed <laughs> to turn the page and, and, and that curiosity. It was such a great spark. But mostly what I've seen artists do with their books when they take them to trade show, their blurb books, they are not hardbound. I chose hardbound because I wanted to keep these for a while and reuse them. And I knew that I needed them to stand up. And they're usually just uh, like, what's new, what's my best. So if someone wants to see your work, then you say, this is my work. And it's, it should be a, a concise snapshot of your best work. So at the very least, yes, one uh, is good to have right there. So uh, Catherine said she was at SAV, which I don't know what that is. Savannah. The, oh, okay. And then, um, <laughs> and then, Maria said, those are beautiful. And then Krishna has a question. How does, how does the process, the signing the contract, finding, finalizing the deal happen mm -hmm. at Surtec? Um, yeah. Like what's the process from the moment the buyer engages with your work to signing the forms? Does that actually happen at Surtec? Um, it happens in certain areas. So okay. most of the floor is for art licensing and you're only allowed to, basically make connections. The area where I was in, in the design district, you were allowed to and encouraged to uh, not only license, but also uh, sell rights to work. Uh, and you could make deals right then and there. 
that whole part of signing contracts in person did kind of freak me out. I've, I mean, I've, I've done that via email and I can you know, read through everything, right. and, you know, digitally sign or sign and scan or whatever. And it's, it's, you're, I mean, you're making a, a, a deal and a binding deal and you, you want to make sure that you're doing that right. But I came with my own contracts uh, that were ready to go. They were actually on um, carbon like two ply so that the client could walk away with a copy. That's not necessarily something that has to happen. You can just send them a PDF. They'd probably be just fine. They're like, great, got that. Okay. Walking on to the next thing. Um, but it, yeah, it is, it is a little nerve wracking, but to be prepared with the, the contract you, you have to have fields where you can fill in what piece it is and all those those terms that, you know, are variables that change and have what doesn't change already printed there. Signatures, payment, discussed, good to go. You've kind of talked about this, but Daniel asked, have you considered using iPads? But really, it could only really uh, get one person at a time, right? This mm -hmm. way you could at least have three people. Mm -hmm. And if they were interested in something else, you could mm -hmm. show them. I, I'm sure other people did have iPads. Yeah. What did you feel like was, was, um, cause you had a computer there for someone, right? right? right. So right. you had the digital, I mean, it probably would it be is, good to have both, but you right. felt like the books were really like your, the books were biting. <laughs> the books are bait and the laptop is good for when someone is looking for something super specific, unless you're able to print everything you have, which I also have seen exhibitors do where they have, um, in order to go a less expensive route, they have uh, three ring binders and um, sleeves where they put in their latest work and they can work right up to the show. They don't have to worry about printing time for those books and they come with their binders and when people ask for something, then they can show them physically. Uh, that's, that's another route to do it. Uh, but with the iPad or the laptop, I do think it's necessary because someone may ask you, um, what do you have for greeting cards for Father's Day? And so something that specific you might not have printed and it's good to just be able to, to search and show them what you have. So many of these clients are, I mean, everyone is very time deprived and especially I think art directors, they have very distinct taste or they know exactly what they're looking for. And so they're able to sift through things quickly, a little disarming, right? Because you're thinking, <laughs> are you right. sure you really looked through that? Because there might have been some jewels you passed up there. But uh, they, they, they know and, you know, they let's say if it's a greeting card company like I was talking about, they have so many. Uh, needs, right? So they're like, we need so many Christmas, we need so many Mother's Day, we need so many of this, and they have their check boxes. So they're looking specifically for something. And for that, definitely, uh, the iPad or computer is good. If you don't have a ton of work, and you can print it all, um, that would work just fine, too. So Krishna has a couple more questions. One, so you're going prepared with a contract that you fill out the details. Is that what a lot of people do? I mean, that seems pretty ballsy to to go and <laughs> do that, to be honest, because a lot mm -hmm. of times people will give you their contract and it has a lot of stuff that I wouldn't want to sign also. So, mm -hmm. I mean, did a lot of people do it like how you're doing it? No, no. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> it worked for you. It, 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 it did. I mean, the, the common practice is definitely follow up. And 
I also did my due diligence with that and did follow up. Uh, but there, I, I was encouraged by the, um, the organizers to be prepared as much as I could be. Hmm. Uh, and, and I'm all about seizing the opportunity. So yes, uh, I have, I mean, I have seen, uh, people sign things in person. Um, I haven't seen their contracts. We don't really show each other. Uh, but, but, you know, they, they want to know, you know, these clients, they want to know that they're going to have that and someone behind them is not going to take it. Right. So it's, you know, and some people, you know, they're maybe between deadlines, so they're not feeling in a pinch or they have a different personality. You know, it's not like everyone was there to sick them, but, um, I wanted to, I wanted to be ready. And yes, it was, it was ballsy. Uh, but I, I have seen, I hopefully, (laughs) I hopefully have seen enough contracts to know exactly like what I wanted in there, you know, and, I want my samples and I want my, you know, copyright very, um, clear, very well thought out, clear. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah, it was so, tiny print. I'll say that. <laughs> so Krishna <laughs> says the, it, that way, if one person buys for mugs and then another buys for sheets, you're able to customize. But I would think some people would have a problem with that. So they were mm-hmm. buying for mugs, but they didn't want it to be on anything else. Did you get that kind of, if if they want that, then they then they request those rights for more, and they pay for that, right? That's part that. of part of the yep. what they pay yep. for. All right, so we had another question: Are they approaching you with a fee in mind, or do you have your own fees set up and end up negotiating? Uh, both. So they definitely come forward with a budget. I mean, the the person that's coming to decide on your artwork has the power to decide on your artwork. They might not have the power to negotiate. So if you're wanting to negotiate, you need to probably, you know, give it some time. They need to go back with their team. And, you know, if they're paying you more for something, then they need to pay someone else less for something else. And so there are a lot of variables that come into that. But I, I have taken, I'll usually like take their lead and understand that they, there might be some wiggle room. There's typically wiggle room, according to what I've read from the Graphic Artists Guild uh, guidebook. Yes. Something's that falling thing. in my, oh yeah, it is. Oh, I thought I you were going to grab that. it. Yeah, no, I, well, I have that, but my books were like tilting over and it sounded like this whole thing was coming crashing <laughs> down on me. So I was a little afraid, but I do have that. Um, I have that book. I'm going to find it. Oh, I have the pricing and ethical guidelines book. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. Hey, well, I have an old version, but let me get it to show up everybody. Yeah. You have a bunch of bookmarks on it too. I see the bookmarks. Yeah. Well, I teach from this. So it's, <laughs> you know, all, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're reading and a lot of dog ears and a lot of things that are highlighted or underlined mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because there's so much stuff that we don't, um, we don't know and we're not really taught. I mean, and mm-hmm. this isn't like, hey, you know, I'm going to read that book this weekend. Like, uh, it's kind of like reading, mm-hmm. you know, but I sur- sure appreciate it. And maybe mm-hmm. Brian's here. He's like my Vanna. Maybe he'll give us a link on Amazon so we can. <laughs> it will be in the show notes, but it's the handbook, the Graphic Artist Guild Pricing and Ethical Guidelines. It is 
Hey, mm-hmm. he, see, he's so good. Do you see how fast <laughs> he is? He rocks. Yeah. And I, I do, I do think it's, it's great to be a member too. Um, but if you can find them used, then go for it. Awesome. A member okay. of the graphic artist guild. Yeah. Yeah. So are you a member of the graphic artist guild? Yes. Oh, awesome. I didn't even know there was something you could join, to be honest. That's yeah. my idiotness. They have Good a lot of uh, webinars on things that I'm vastly unfamiliar with. Like all the, it's basically the, the business side of illustration that, or design that, you know, you don't want to have to do, but right. uh, yeah, you just but need that, someone to hold your hand and walk you through it in, in a webinar. That's why I'm a member. But that's one of the things that I love about you is that you've really kind of done a ton of research on your own to figure out what you should do and you've tried some things and it, I did. I thought mm-hmm. this was really um, courageous of you to go to and I think your friends, you and your husband and a, another couple yeah. was at dinner and they were like, well, why don't you just do it? Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of like, called so what you. Are you what are you going to go do exactly? <laughs> what are you gonna, I'm going to walk it. But well, well, what are you going to do at the show? I'm, I'm going to walk it and probably be overwhelmed. And, and he asked me again. I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and and he was right. I we we need to have dinner again. We keep rescheduling it just so I can tell him you were right, Joe. You were right. <laughs> so so end, it ended up being something that was successful. I feel like you yeah. had some areas. And again, I in the questions that I sent out, we did B to B. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's a B and then a two and then a B. And that means it's business to business because she's selling as a business to another business instead of business to consumer like mm. Etsy would be right. uh, or like a craft show or something, you know, that that's a business B to C is what they call that in the mm-hmm. language. Um, Sorry. I was, I was laughing at Joe's, Joe's comment there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they are Joe. It's just something People named Joe are usually right about yes. a lot of things. It, it sounds <laughs> right too. Like, okay, Joe. Yeah, you're right. Thanks. Well, that Joe's pretty smart too. So um, I'm going to cut. We're going to, I think we've kind of answered number um, one, yeah, but this, we've this just really of, like dove in. Like we did, but I think that was, I really do feel like that is what people are um, interested in. And you know, I don't know Andre, why you couldn't join this graphic artist guild. It doesn't have anything about America. I mean, hmm. I think it's, it, he says Portugal has no associations or guilds or societies of illustrators. Well, you could be part of ours. So just because you're <laughs> in Portugal makes no difference. We got the internet, buddy. Um, all right. So how long, so you were represented from some, by somebody else for three years and then you struck out on your own. And I kind of want to know if you've always had that entrepreneurial spirit or because some people are happy being represented and mm-hmm. what was it that you were like, mm, I can do this on my own or this, I wasn't getting enough work or what was it that took you to that next stage? Yeah. I am, to be honest, I'm not sure if it was the particular agency or if it's me versus having an agent that's not clear yet and maybe in a year or so i'll know but i just felt like i could represent myself better so again i don't i don't mean to say that against that particular agency or to make myself sound awesome but you know when when you have a middleman going through emails and you feel over and over like i could have said that or i would have said it a little differently or i wish they would have included this then 
you start to understand like, okay, maybe I should take the wheel on this. Um, and I also, to be honest, I, I, I didn't like the thought of, you know, someone asking, hey, what do you have for this specific category? And the agents saying, well, this is what we have from all of our artists, right? Mm -hmm. And and it's great for the client. So I, I understand that perspective. But I wanted to be able to arrange my work together and say, you know, when someone sends me an email and says, what do you have? You know, we're looking at doing craft journals. What do you have that would work well for that? I like being able to pull that myself and understand. I mean, I feel like I really understand my work to be able to say, this would look great on a craft journal and this would, you know, and this, you might not think so, but you know, once I mock it up, what do you think? Uh, and yeah, it, it took a long time for me to decide actually uh, to stay or to go. Uh, and I had a chat with uh, Jennifer Nelson about it and she told me within 10 minutes and then I paid for the rest of $150 hour. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was, it's a process and, and it, it, like everything, it always comes back to understanding you and what you want and where you're headed. And then the, the no's fall into place, right? If you know your yeses, your, your no's will fall into place. Right. But I also feel like you're pretty business minded and I feel like, yeah. I don't know if that's just something that came natural to you. And I know your mom had her, you know, she was a, in mm -hmm. the design world. And so yeah. you kind of always maybe grew up with that. And so Maybe mm -hmm. that was a regular conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe it was. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, we, we took the, my husband and I took like a, a million personality tests um, <laughs> before going overseas. And uh, it was, it was interesting to see that, yeah, strategy was one of my strengths in the strengths finder test. And yet I'm, I'm cautious. So I'm like the C or whatever. If you guys, have done any of these, this makes sense to you. If not, I'm sorry, I'm speaking another language. Um, my top strength is maximizer, which means that I see something and I want to just milk it for all it's worth and, and get the, the best out of it and make it awesome. And so that's why I'm constantly, that coupled with the strategy part, geez, I'm just constantly asking how things could be better, uh, looking at, for inspiration and, um, yeah, I just when I decided I was going to Surtex, I'm like, I'm going to do this right within this small amount of time. But, you know, I'm going to figure out what's most important to me. And just like, you know, if I were planning a wedding and I don't really care what color the napkins are, I'm not going to worry about the napkins. I'm just going to worry about the band because the band is going to carry this party through. <laughs> so right. you figure out what's really most important to you. Um, and yeah, uh, also, but yeah, I've always been a bit driven and experimentative, but also very cautious. So, <laughs> but I, you know what? I think that that goes back to watercolor. I know that sounds hmm. like a crazy analogy, but think about it. It comes back to watercolor. It does uh -huh. because, but from what I've learned from you through that Skillshare classes or those Skillshare classes is that you start off light. That's the, mm -hmm. the, you have a strategy of how you can't just put it yeah. out there, but then you also are, you know what the order needs to be and you, you maybe attack it a different way in different times, but you do right. kind of have, um, it is cautious. You have to be sort of cautious in mm -hmm. watercolor, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be cautious and bold and, oh, I love yeah. watercolor. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I, I couldn't teach watercolor if I couldn't break it down into steps of how did I get there? And, and I, I didn't know I could teach until I 
kind of challenged myself to do that, which is kind of a pattern, just like with Surtex and with anything right. else. I'll just kind of throw myself into the water and figure out how to swim and, and then reverse engineering it to make it hopefully understandable to everyone else. Well, and it's that you're not maybe afraid to fail um, and that you're just okay at trying. Um, I'm afraid right? to fail. I don't no. want to fail. No. <laughs> we, I know, but you go <laughs> but, at it and um, you don't you don't fail, but you go at it in yeah. such a gusto like, well, what's the worst that could happen, you right. know? And, and a lot of people, it would be they would be too afraid to go have their own booth or, mm -hmm. no, I'm going to walk the show, Joe, you know? Mm -hmm. I found that um, I found other blogs really helpful, but I, I kind of like absorbed some of that anxiety that you'd sense, which is lovely to read and so transparent, but I'd like close the blog on, you know, this person's first show and what they learned from it and think, you know, I feel what they felt and feel like, what am I doing? Is this going to be worth it? you know, is it too soon? Is it the right time? Do I have enough work? And, and you can go on and on. And I do go back to that question that you mentioned, what's the worst that could happen? So I really do ask myself, okay, worst case scenario, I'm out five grand. Right. And is that worse than not trying? And the answer could be yes or no, but that that's really the question. And if I can answer that, okay, then, okay, I'll, then I'll take the next step and move forward in, in my plunge, I guess. To go with the pool analogy. Do you think, yeah, I like it. Do you think that having an agent helped you with pricing so that, or do you think that somebody going in, I've never had an agent. I just go, I'm yeah. going to do Surtex. Like mm -hmm. what if you're pricing something? I feel like this is something as design and illustrators, we don't talk about enough. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel it's like hard it, to because it's like a case by case basis. So it it's 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 not like you know you can put a price list out there either because it depends on how much they stand to make from it, then you stand to make your chunk. So right. it's not just those three categories. It's also kind of you know well if this is going to be everywhere and for five years, then that means you're going to be making this much. Versus I sold uh, the license to one greeting card that was in one country for one holiday season. And that was vastly different for the same design for another company. And that was through the agency. And so I did learn that. Um, I think uh, if you're, if you're new and you're not, and you don't know how to price things, honestly, the clients are not going to don't typically come to you asking, what do you charge for this? I did get that question. I, I won't say that it doesn't come up but they already come with a frame in mind. Mm -hmm. And so figure out, finesse, tease your way of how to say, well, how much do you want to pay? Um, and not that way, right? So, <laughs> you know, uh, well, you know, there's, there's kind of a range that I've, that I've done this in. If you feel more comfortable giving a range, that's great because then people feel some freedom. They feel like you're not rigid and saying, this is this much, take it or leave it. Uh, so providing a range or also uh, just saying, like, honestly, with with this design, I've sold it for different prices depending on the usage. Let's talk more about that. Skirt the whole pricing issue. Come back to it when you feel like you've got your feet on the ground and you, you, you know, you're over the freak out from that question. Right. Um, but yeah, just feel free to ask them what their budget is. I think that they would value that or feel valued. 
by your so asking that. I'm going to, I don't know, call Catherine out a little bit. And maybe, mm-hmm. Catherine, you can share us a link of something like this. So she had done these illustrations that take a long time because she's doing these mm-hmm. portrait exact illustrations. I believe she's using pen or pencil. I don't know. It's amazing, to be honest. <laughs> but they look like they're like 12 by something. And then she was doing these for men's health, I think, once a month or whatever. She was doing a series of these. Again, this is more editorial. But, Mm -hmm. you know, so it is just going in once. They're, you know, not necessarily using that again. But that's something that, and she said, she, uh, graphite, yeah, once a month on and off. And and Andre says, pricing is what I struggle with the most. And Brian put up Catherine's um, uh, website, which will be in the show notes. But um, that she also felt like it was a waste of time to, to price because really they came with their, goal but mm-hmm. how how much does it do I you think about that. how big or how um long something took you mm, I don't <laughs> and I'll tell you why I I used to um and then you start seeing work that doesn't take people that long and you get angry because yeah. <laughs> you figure oh they're making all this money and they didn't work that hard at it but really it's just it's about what people are jumping towards, right? But mm-hmm. they don't know how much time you spent on it. They don't know what a headache it was. Uh, you, they, they just know what your piece makes them feel mm. or what they know it can be used for. And so I, I really just stick to the, the usage piece because if I start pricing out hours, you know, you look at your, your work hours and uh, I don't know if you've heard this said before, but you have $1 an hour hours and you have hundred dollar an hour hours or more. And so it's, it's, it's just really hard. You can't, you can't figure out, okay, this took so long. So if I'm sorry for this much, then I made so much an hour. It's more about value. Mm-hmm. And the right. great thing about licensing is after, you know, if a license is up or whatever, you can reuse that image. And so there's always the hope that, you know, the, the one that does well will carry the ones that were more of a learning experience that were constructive in that way, but not monetarily. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, and there's other things I know I've talked to um, Daniel Evans, who did some work for Target. Um, she does food typography and she said, cool. you know, they had a, a, a price and then mm-hmm. they wanted to do something else. And they said, well, how about if we do a video? And so it was more about social proof, you know, cause Target was sharing this video of her work which mm-hmm. I feel, and Brian just shared that marmalade blue, blue like the French fillet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, he showed that, and that video really did help her, you know, mm-hmm. and get her name out. And so sometimes that is important. And I think it's right. those learning things. But it, but at some point, you still have to pay your power bill, you yeah. know? I've done so much work for so little. Uh, and I didn't even know at the time. That's the thing. I mean, it's not like I was pricing myself cheap because I just thought I have to pay my dues, you know, or I'm just happy it's going to be out there. I mean, I'm sure those were both factors too, you know, sometimes, but looking back, I've, it's just, I know (laughs) it's part of your extended learning. I mean, you Mm -hmm. are getting paid either way. Um, If it makes you bitter, raise your prices. I mean, I think that um, as creatives, one of the things that you have to fight against the most is being burnt out and mm-hmm. getting bitter and it, it affects your work and 
And then you get in the spiral where you're just doing what you think people want and you're just kind of angry about it. Uh, and it's not good for anybody. No. So not, um, not at do all. what you need to do to enjoy what you're doing. Because if you're not enjoying it, then what's the point, right? I mean, why, why are you doing the, the late right. nights or putting yourself out there and, and feeling right. those feelings? You know, what's the point? All right, so let's jump back to Surtex a little bit. So this is a three-day show, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? Uh, this year it was. It's not usually – or not always. Okay. Those days. It's always three days, though, usually? Yes. So – and, you know, it was in New York City, so you had people who were uh, – and you talked about this. I, th I saw a video mm -hmm. that you did. Um, I think it was on uh, Lula Rogers mm -hmm. uh, kind of as an alumni thing. Yep. Um, but it was um, – Sunday, you had people that maybe didn't live in New York that were there and they came to the show. And you were really busy all three days, mm -hmm. which that necessarily isn't always the case, right? Right. So I was told to expect the first day to be crazy busy and then the second day to be pretty nice and the third day to be dead. And that's because in other years, it started on a Monday or uh, midweek. And so that, you know, and that affects like the excitement. So people come in for that first day mm -hmm. and you can see that pattern. But with it starting on Sunday this year, I'm not sure if they predicted this, but what happened was you had a different crowd every, every day. So it was steady. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't losing my hair at any point. And there were moments where I was like, this is going great. Wow. I'm talking to several people. And then there were moments where I was like, I think I can go to the bathroom now. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I'll stay longer. <laughs> um, so, but it, but it was still steady and that was great. So yeah, on Sunday you had the people who flew in. Um, I got to use my Mandarin. <laughs> I, it's just like all over the place. It's just really interesting. Um, the diversity of clients that, mm. that walk through. So someone is asking, what do you have for, um, gift bags or makeup bags or to my surprise, candy wrappers. Uh, so yeah, it's it's great. And then on the second day, then there were more of the local New Yorkers or people who um, were close enough that their flight wasn't, you know, super long. So they would fly Monday morning, you right. know, and, and have their Sunday at home uh, because they were back to work on Monday. And then on Tuesday, then you had the people who uh, were students because that's the day when a lot of students do get a free pass to walk through the show uh, or people that had been there Sunday or Monday and knew exactly what they were coming back for. Cool. So what was your favorite part of the experience and would you do it again? Favorite part of the experience, uh, specifically for Surtex, uh, was a story that I shared on the Skillshare blog last month. And it was of a large company recognizing me, well, one of the four, when you see four badges, you're like, oh, they must be a big deal, right? Um, recognizing me because of my classes. And I had had a, quite a few of these moments and they were so exciting, you know, like, hi. And, you know, they, it's so funny because they recognize you and I'm like, hi, I don't know who you are. And, and, you know, then there were introductions and it was like, oh, okay, you took this class. Okay, great. And that was a fun moment. But for the first time, like, I saw that world kind of coming into the illustration art licensing world for me. And that was that kind of blew my mind that um, then him knowing me, uh, then he introduces me to his, uh, his team and they start looking at things and they picked out quite a few things that they were interested in. 
And I just kind of sat back and was like, I just feel like you just don't know what to expect. And, um, and I think to add on to that question, <laughs> the, the biggest lesson that I learned was, um, you know, I thought I was going to go there and feel the fierce competition um, and feel better than, lesser than, compare. Mm. Everyone's in it for the same client, so you feel kind of like that, oh, why did you get to talk to them? I didn't, or yeah, I don't know, all these crappy feelings. But I was amazed. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. I was strengthened to see that there is a diversity of artists and there's a diversity of clients. And you've heard it before, but to see it in person that someone comes up to my booth and they're saying, yeah, so I do this and we do that and this is our product. And I'm thinking, you know what? You need to talk to this girl across from me. That's what she does. You should go talk to her. And they, they strike up a conversation and, and start their relationship. And then the same was reciprocated to me. Like, you need to talk to Amaryllis because that's what she does. And, and it wasn't, you know, I'm not saying like, gosh, the illustration world, people are so nice. It's just awesome. I just think like, we just recognize that we want to do, we're here because we want to do what we do. Hmm. And so if, if I know that we're not going to gel, I know that, you know, around the corner, there is somebody who you do need to see and you might walk past them and you should do that. And that was such a, that was a great thing for me to see because isolated in my studio in the back of our house, I don't see that. Mm -hmm. I just see, oh, that looks cool. I wish I had done that on Instagram <laughs> or um, that's a great deal that they got. Oh, man, how did they get in touch with Starbucks? You know, right. whatever. And and then to be able to feel like, OK, you know what? It's a big world out there. Hmm. Everybody calm down. Like, um, it's, it's, it's okay. And would I go back? I think at the end of day two, yeah, that's when I looked at my husband and I was like, yep, we're coming back. Oh. Like, All right. All right. That's yeah. great. That's, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like the world is made of lots of people like that. And I definitely think there are people who aren't like that too, but I, mm. I do believe that there are a lot of, because it kind of goes back to what you said earlier. You got to know where your yeses are mm -hmm. and where your nos are and what mm -hmm. your yeses are. If it's a no, then you can send it to somebody else who does. And I feel like mm -hmm. we don't, all of us don't do everything awesomely. So mm -hmm. why not just do you really good? And then when mm -hmm. it's not, when somebody else comes to you and wants you to do person B, when you don't do that, then you can mm -hmm. send them to who you do know. And I think it's just about having a network of people who do different things from you. Mm -hmm. And when you have done work that's not really in your wheelhouse because you thought, oh, I could do that. Maybe you can, but you're going to hate it. Now, right. Once you walk out of that experience, you're like, someone else should have done that and would have just enjoyed that so much. And, or, and but like passing this that on is great. This is yeah. a new experience for you that somebody else had done. You had had right. a, a rep and then you took it on and it, it, it was still within your wheelhouse, even though it was new. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it, but I think you were called to do it. Like you had kept thinking, ah, I could have said that differently. And so you mm -hmm. knew that you could sell, sell your stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so how would you prepare differently for next year? And would you get the same kind of lemonade stand booth? <laughs> I'm not allowed to have the lemonade stand booth. That is only for first timers. Oh, so, um, 
So yeah, it was kind of like, a, okay, are we going to come back? As if we do, it's going to be the, the larger booth. Um, so that answers that question. What was the, oh, what I would do differently or what mm -hmm. I'll do better. I should have thought of this because I mean, <laughs> it's not like that there's nothing. It's just that they're all kind of on the same level. Um, I would show things maybe a little clearer. I think that, um, I think that when we go to these things or when we're showing our work and it's branding is so important. I'm not taking away from that, but we want to arrive and be like, this is me. Mm. And companies, they want to understand who you are, but really they just want to know, do you have what I need? Right. And so um, I would make my setup just clear in, this is what I have. You want it? You know, um, like what you're best suited for. Kind of like yeah. what, instead of like, uh, I mean, you do want to show the work that you want to get. So right. there's that, but I've seen like elaborate booth layouts that look beautiful, but they don't inspire to, to buy. Mm. And, and, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I I'll, I'll think about how exactly I would communicate things clear so that when someone says, Oh, you, you did that lettering. I was amazed at how many people were like, wow, you did that by hand. It's like, well, it's, it's, yes, that's, that's what you do. Uh, and, and have more samples, even if they're not like finished pieces, they just want to see, you know, which one they'd gravitate towards, which style they gravitate mm. towards. So maybe more of a catalog feeling uh, rather than um, look at my awesome work feel. Mm. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So, um, showcase your strengths is what Brian said. And yeah, show in a them way what that clearly communicates right. what you, what you do and what you can do rather than, um, polished work. Right. So when you go, are they buying stuff that already exists or are you getting some new things to be like, Hey, can you create this for us? Uh, both. I am going for the, I want that because I've already invested my time in that. Right. Uh, but of course I'm always open to, I know that you have a specific need and, you know, you see something in me. Sure. Let's, let's talk about what else we could do here. So that's plan B for me. Um, so yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, this is a selfish question and because I'm planning on focusing on building uh, illustration skills in January, doing more of, or redoing some of your skill shares. Thankfully I have a monthly subscription. Um, <laughs> during my sabbatical, which is next January, goes January through May, thankfully. Um, mm -hmm. And I want to know if you've taken any classes, like the blogs that you read, um, anything that you would think would help me or somebody else kind of in that same um, uh, – now, I'm more of a newbie, and I think like Andre's more way ahead of me for sure because he's, he's an illustrator – anything that you helps you understand that world of marketing and creating the illustrations to sell different consumer goods. What do you, what do you think has helped you create new work and stir up new ideas for trend areas as well? Because that's really a big thing within this. Cause you found mm -hmm. that lettering was, it was kind of natural, I think for you, but mm -hmm. um, people really gravitated to you because of the lettering, because that was a trend, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was amazed at how many applications there were. Like, I knew that lettering 
was a big deal, but I've seen it like on books or I've seen it on stationery, like, you know, heck yes or whatever, you know, something cute. But it's also on makeup bags. <laughs> yes, it is. It's also on gift wrap, you know, and, and so I was surprised that some clients that I wouldn't expect to be interested in lettering were really interested in lettering. So um, my, uh, where I go for trends, I feel like I, I absorb a lot of trends where I'll actually see something and I will genuinely just be curious to see what it will look like if I did a unicorn. I've never done a unicorn before. I want to do a unicorn now. Uh, so I, I try to stay away from unicorns are really big right now. I got to do a unicorn. Llamas right. are really big or whatever. Um, trend boards, uh, they might be, they might seem a little hard to access, but if you are looking for them and you start looking through Google, if you start looking at large manufacturers, they do tend to create work, I mean, sell pieces that are all congruent and go together in, in a set and seeing how things interplay. So you have, you know, oh, flamingos and coral colors and balloons, and you start to kind of piece together the trend in a way that, that you can't just by looking at single images. I think that that's really important because it also inspires you to create your own pieces mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily copying that flamingo, right? It's, it's, a, it's a vibe, I guess, that you're, you're trying to kind of capture in your mind to then internalize how you want to spin it. So um, that's super useful. Uh, what about blogs or videos uh, or courses or anything that you've done? Yeah, I, I haven't seen too many of these uh, pumped out recently, but I do like the heart to art chats with the number two um, on Periscope. You know, it's kind of a rabbit hole. All you need are two, two links. And you will just <laughs> continue down that path and go kind of nuts. Um, and I don't, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but going back to your strengths and then where are the, where are the gaps in your illustration work where you needed, need to, to focus on? Like maybe, maybe you don't want to be mainstream. Maybe you want to develop a very unique style and, you know, it's all in, right? Either people take this, one look that I do or they don't, uh, or, or maybe you do need to diversify your portfolio. Prompt yourself on questions. When you walk through a store, if that business had asked you, do you have this? Do you have it? Hmm. Uh, you, I, f I feel like I have a ton of work, but when someone asks me, what do you have for mother's day? And I have half a dozen designs. It's still not a, a, a lot to choose from. So I don't know. I think just sometimes challenging myself that way, like thinking of what holiday is coming up and not just what holiday is coming up, but like, let's say if it's Father's Day, I find it so hard to buy a Father's Day card. Why do I, would I buy any of my designs for my dad? No, you know, so yeah, I think uh, I, I, I like to challenge myself. I guess that's, that's what, um, and that doesn't sound like a sabbatical type thing to do, though. So have you had any mentors or have you read any books that would help me during my sabbatical on things yeah. like this? So I, I read, I've read a few books, but the one that I enjoyed recently was by Ronnie Walter. It's called License to Draw, and it's about this thick, uh, so we can all read it. 
and it just it walks you through the art licensing business in a very concise way so I know that online and you know through Insta I don't know through social media you hear bits and pieces of what this industry is like and she just breaks it down in a very simple way and with some humor and you're like oh okay I get it and and so she was offering uh, coaching sessions, which she does one-on-one -on -one, uh, at the show. She walked the show. She used to uh, work as an illustrator. I think she still does somewhat, but mostly she's focusing on coaching and uh, does podcast interviews and things like that. And as a such a resource, so I was I jumped on that, and we had uh, a little one-on-one -on -one time. And what I found useful and it, it might sound very simple but it helped me kind of sift out and categorize how this works is the way she sees it is that there's basically two ways to work uh, as a surface designer uh, in one camp you have people who uh, develop their portfolio to satisfy the needs of the client right and so you they're doing greeting cards and decorative flags and floor mats and and kind of things that are somewhat timeless and you've seen over and over again, but they will get work over and over again. And then there are the artists who uh, revolve their portfolio around a message or a, a look or something that they want to come across. And they, they feed culture and trends and they're looking for the right manufacturers who get them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and defining which camp you're in, um, that second one is more focused on publishing and stationery and gift giftware um, helps you figure out where you want your portfolio to go mm -hmm. and also kind of you know where where your tribe is right so there there are a lot of artists when I walk into surtex and I'm thinking whoa and like don't like wow oh that's different and and it was it was helpful to me to see that there there was one artist who does just Christmas and she like decked out her booth super Christmassy and and that's what she does all year and and she does well at that right and then you have artists that are very hip and they have kind of a, a very distinct look about them and and they seem to have kind of something that they want to uh, communicate um, and and so figuring out which camp you're in and therefore where the that kind of art is used in uh helps a ton to relieve the pressure of trying to be everything mm -hmm. and for targeting your your client i think that's super helpful so she was just walking but you had already read her booth i, I mean her book yeah Did so i am in i am in a facebook group called art of licensing i believe it's open or at least open for invites and and she's in that group and she's constantly offering uh great advice and insight and i thought i should check her out and then i read her book and then i saw that she had posted in that group that she was going to do these one-on-one -on -one half hour sessions and i jumped on that and she actually provided clarity on a sticky situation between two clients that were competing uh, because she knew the background on both of them which is super helpful so it's just like having somebody who's been in the industry who knows yes. some of it's kind of like being able to pick her brain in some of those but you are yeah. still in the group you can still ask her questions as well but she also has this second thing uh outside of that mm -hmm. that's with her own website at ronnie r-o-n-n-i-e walter w-a-l-t-e-r dot com yes awesome 
So is that how you found her book was through the Facebook group or through something else? It was, it was, but if you're just looking for illustration books, cause I started to look uh, for what else was out there. Um, it does come up on Amazon. There aren't that many out there. That, well, it's kind of, maybe is it sort of like this, but you said it had humor, right? Yes. It, it, it tells her story and it says what this, businesses that's more like uh the ethical guidelines are more like this is how you should do things and beware of i don't know getting i don't know um it goes not, through some yeah. little law stuff as well like yes. uh, you know technical things that copyright or yep so this was more kind of like a story her story this is yeah and this is definitely uh, i think a, a good starter book for people who really are just trying to wrap their minds around what art licensing is. Um, we kind of talked about, I, I feel like you've made these super cute llamas and I <laughs> haven't really seen a lot of llamas, but I'm like, man, she's really making llamas like be like the unicorns or something. And the only unicorn I see regularly is the squatty potty unicorn. So I didn't even know <laughs> unicorns are really popular, but I don't have kids. So maybe go to target. I mean, really pay attention at Target and you'll be like, oh, geez, I just saw three llamas. They must be a big deal, right? You'll, you'll find a llama salt and pepper shaker and a llama print and a llama notebook. I dare you. Uh, okay. And what's funny, what's really funny is that these buyers are buying art for 2019. Mm. I don't know how, I don't know how, how long trends last, but I guess, I guess they do. So we have two other questions from the audience. One is Daniel. So he said, what kind of materials w were you giving away at the, at the show? Oh, that's a good question. I, I would gave away uh, doodle notebooks and I'm looking around wishing that I had one at the ready. Um, and, and I think the, the typical giveaway is a postcard. Uh, which I resisted doing because I was like, everybody's getting tons of postcards. But I did do eventually because it's almost like expected and, and people want to have something that they can pin easily. But I also wanted them to have something that they could keep and uh, stumble upon or even re-gift. Like I was like, you know, I'm giving little sketchbooks. They're basically just very thin notebooks with little prompts inside uh, with my design on the outside uh, to grown men and with, you know, a unicorn on it. And I'm like, here, give this to you. You got a daughter? <laughs> like, take this. Uh, I don't see you using this, but that's okay. Um, so I, yeah, pocket notebooks are, are great. Like, who doesn't like getting a little notebook, right? right. Something to sketch on the subway. Um, so I gave that and the postcards and business cards. And much to my surprise, something that you should take with you to a trade show is a stapler. Because uh, a lot of art directors come with their own agenda, notebook or whatever, planner, and they want to staple your business card to their book so they can write notes. And uh, I didn't expect that. I had tape. So, yay, I had tape for them to use. But, yeah, someone told me, oh, oh, well, someone so has one, and I'll just borrow hers. Okay, yeah, next year get a stapler. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I can do that. I can, I can absolutely <laughs> do that. Surprise. So yeah. um, Krishna had to take a call in the middle. So she said one, if you had to give uh, me, her one advice for someone who's doing their first Surtech like show, what would it be? Hmm. 
So somebody who's kind of in the same place as you were this past year, I mean, was it maybe the books or was it something else? Whatever will make you talk. Ah. Whatever will make you talk is what's going to work. I'm, I'm not really as bubbly and chatty as I am on camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I made myself so at these shows. And it's like, you know what I found is that people, people walk by and they're looking at your stuff, but they don't really see it until they stop. Mm. So if you can make them stop, be it with your book sprawled out or by asking them the qu a question or complimenting them on their shoes, just anything that would make them pause. I think that is so key because mm. so many of my booth mates, um, and maybe sometimes I came off as pushy and I'm kind of okay with that because I'm so not pushy as a person. I'm like, ah, I could be pushy for three days and people think that I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel offended by it because I'm not. Uh, but they would just kind of wait to be recognized. And, um, and it's not like people weren't seeing their beautiful work. It's just that they weren't thinking it through yet. And you just really have to stop. It's overwhelming to see so much art. Um, and whatever would, would help you facilitate that just first conversation. And you would also do the design district as well again. Wouldn't you? Or would no. you think you would not? Okay. Yes, good that, that is the lemonade stand area. Oh. So that's the that's the same thing, design district. Yeah. So you can only do that the first year. Other times yes. you're just making connections. Right. Huh. Right. Well, good good to know. So I don't want to keep you. I know you have other things to do. I'm so excited that we got to talk again and I can't read all these long um things, but anyway, um I'm so glad everybody was so engaged again. You're like super popular about getting all this stuff uh, to out to people. And I just really appreciate it because it really does make a difference. I want to make sure that everybody knows how to get in touch with you. And I'm going to put that in the chat, but I'm also going to say it out loud so that people can um, get in touch with you if they're listening on iTunes. Thank you. And it's watercolor devo devo.com and then yeah. if you want to follow her on instagram instagram.com watercolor devo and um mm -hmm. yeah. um let's see some other places because i had a whole ton of them so on <laughs> skillshare it's skillshare.com slash r as in the letter like robot and then slash amaryllis a-m-a-r-i-l-y-s i just want to make sure everybody and then you can be like me and order some stuff on Etsy, which <laughs> I bought for Ashley who does all my scheduling and I love Ashley and she loved her piece so much. Yeah. So, she and reached out to me. It's so sweet. Watercolordevo.etsy.com. I just yeah. want to kind of make sure everybody kind of, um, has ways to get in touch with you. And I think, and then fa uh, Facebook, you have a Facebook page. Um, I do facebook.com slash water. Same handle. Yeah, thankfully, that's such a good one, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and you know, as partly because of the show, I I have been doing working on this hand lettering class for Skillshare, and um, I am hoping to it's it's at that point where it's so close. Ah, uh, maybe a couple more hours this afternoon, and it'll be up uh, definitely for in time for this podcast to launch. So just disregard what I said. <laughs> It will uh, be a uh, Skillshare and, and learn hand lettering because it's it's so it's 
it's not hard and it's lucrative and everybody's got their own style already built in. And so it's, it's just a great way to start um, to make yourself more marketable as an illustrator. So cool. I'm, I'm, I'm making it a series because it's such a huge topic and we're starting with serifs, oh. hand lettering in watercolor with serifs. Whoa. So, I know. Th so that one will be available. And if they just search on um, Skillshare for Amaryllis, yeah. then they'll be able to find you. Yep. Right. Skillshare has a new like profile setting. It's really sassy. You should check it out. I just okay. said sassy. I feel like I'm 40 something, <laughs> um, which there's nothing wrong with. I'm going to stop babbling because it's been an hour of me talking. I'm not, I'm not used to that. Well, you did. Um, you did. This great. has been fun. <laughs> it always is fun. I can't wait. I um, will look at the class this weekend. I'm not sure if I can dive in, but I only have. Wait, let me see. 46 days as the chair of my department. So after 46 <laughs> days, I'll be able to really dig in. And so um, anyway, if I really think of anything else you need to be doing after these 46 days, I'll let you know and you can share it with your audience. Okay, that would be good. I, okay. I love your classes and I love what you've been able to teach. So let me just kind of give everybody a wrap up. If you are want to get in touch with me, you can um, get in touch with me at diane at rechargingyou.com. I also launched something this week. Um, I am kind of uh, recruiting creatives, exactly what um, Amaryllis did for the girl across at the other booth. I am doing that for people who are entrepreneurs who are now going out on their own. Maybe they were a solo entrepreneur and now they've just got so much work. They can't do it all on their own. They either need somebody like I have Ashley for or somebody else to do some other work. Mm -hmm. um, so I have budding designers matched with or freelancers that are budding into a new area. B-U-D-D-I-N-G, not butting. Like Anyway, um, so think about something like that. If you're interested in either of those, you can check it out at rechargingyou.com slash recruiting hyphen creatives. And um, also you can always send me an email and I can add you to a list and I can get a conversation going and we'll do a Skype. We're off next week. I'm taking the next week off from school and from design recharge, but I'm going to be working on my client work and this, all this other stuff I have to do. And then I will be back with Austin Saylor, who is a um, amazing videographer. So I'm glad I'm kind of pulling some different people in. So I hope you check that out the following Wednesday at 2.30. Austin just got back from spending like a month and a half in London or in England, and they've traveled all around. And now him and his wife are traveling across the United States and finding places to live and staying with friends. And it's going to be a really cool um journey. So I'm glad to kind of catch him on the way out. So it is mm -hmm. July the 12th. Thank you, Maria. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited. And again, if you wish to want to join the list so that you never miss a design recharge episode, just go to rechargingyou.com and sign up. It's right there under the slider is how to get onto this list so you never miss an episode. So again, Amaryllis, thank you so much. You were awesome. Thank you. I'll, I'll watch it again and I'll, I'll see if I was awesome or not. You Whenever will. I get tired, <laughs> I don't get tired of hearing myself speak, but thank you guys. Thank you for your questions. Uh, it was. I, I, I feel that, that tinge of, I want to like go for it. And, and that's really, I don't know, invigorating to me. Well, it's nice to have somebody kind of lay the framework and be honest about what happens instead of it just always being kind of in the dark. And so I really appreciate mm -hmm. you kind of do that with a lot of things and it's made it so that, watercolor wasn't so scary to me. And so I feel like you've done it so that 
Surtech or, or industry business to business um, trade shows where it's surface design or something else isn't so alien. And I feel like mm. you just made it real for a lot of people. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys in two weeks.